Welcome to the God Life with Pastor Dolapo Lawal, the lead pastor of the Zoe household. His desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the Zoe life that has been made available to everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen and be equipped. to to today's teaching today today will be short and it will be very simple let's open our bibles to first john chapter 4, 4 verse 18 first john 4 verse 18 okay first john 4 verse 18 first john 4 verse 18 he says there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So I, this text is so broad. And at the same time, you know, have the, 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 the picture, the, the, have, understand what he's trying to communicate. Now, this is very important. I've come to realize that people actually listen to you more than what you say. I've come to realize that so many times you're saying the same thing. And now as a preacher, I've, I've, I've noticed this, especially when I was on campus. By the time you hear me preach for the first time, they're, they're very skeptical. They are looking, can this thing be true? Can this thing not be true? So after the service, I will have to answer questions after, uh, I've, you know, it's like the person is trying to vet, like, are you sure this thing? Because this is not what they have been telling us. So I kind of got used to that. But I realized that over time, um, as you know, you say bigger things that were even much more controversial than the other things. And, you know, as they just get comfortable with your teaching, they begin to to receive. And this is also the reason why, you know, false teachers can 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 strive because false teachers don't always start up as false teachers or they don't start teaching false teaching initially. The only way to identify a false teacher is to see if what they are saying is consistently in tune with the word of God. That will mean that um, false teaching will not appear as as false teaching, or you might not even know that this person is a false teacher because they won't all start up saying Jesus is not Lord. They won't start up saying that, um, you know, they won't start up by questioning the fundamentals of the faith. That's not how, you know, the devil operates. The devil will start with the word of God. Look at um, Matthew 4 now. It was a tussle of God's word. You know, devil will quote scriptures. The devil, he can quote the scriptures. He can recite the scriptures. He knows the scriptures, but he does not have the revelation of the truth of scriptures. That is why he's irredeemable, because he has a character. And I think I've said this over and over again. Spirits cannot repent. And that's the reason why if you die a sinner, you're, and you, you're not a man, then there is no room for, there's no mercy after, after death. The reason is not because God is not a merciful God, but the reason is because if you die, the way you died is the way you will always be. You see, you will find um, demons 
attesting that Jesus is Lord. It says that um, this is um, um, Jesus is the Son of the Most High. Even what the Pharisees did not know, demons knew. Say, have you come to torment us? It's not yet our time. But that did not mean that they repented. They knew that he was he was the Son of God, but they did not still accept his lordship over them. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And if you check the context in, let's go to First John chapter 4. Can everybody hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Let's go to First John chapter 4. I'm digressing a little, but let's just have a context. We're reading First John um, chapter 4 already, verse 18, but let's move up. So you can know why he was saying what he was saying in verse 18. First John 4 verse 1, he said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, the evidence that, or the fact that they are false prophets is the reality or the, is the evidence that they are actually true prophets. There is no, where is that coming from? All right. There is no fake Nigerian dollars. Have you seen that before? Yes. You can't see a fake Nigerian dollars. You cannot fake what does not exist. So if the Bible is saying they are false prophets, or if you ever see in scriptures that there is the, um, acknowledgement of false prophets, it means that they are actually true prophets. Because if, if, there's no, if, there, if there's no original, there cannot be a fake. So he says many false prophets are gone out into the world. That there is giving you a mentality as a child of God, as a minister of the gospel, that this is a contention. Let me use simple words. It is a competition. The same way Jesus, the same way Jesus told us in Luke 10 verse 2, that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers, laborers are few. And told us in Matthew 28 verse um, 19 to 20, go therefore into all the world and make disciples. It's the same way the devil has given his own agents charge as well to go into the world and make disciples. It says, because many false prophets had gone out into the world. That's telling you that false teaching is beyond, uh, the person is not teaching something good. It's an influence and it's an agenda. If you know that somebody is not teaching the right thing, why will you want to service that kind of ministry? This is the problem I have, you know, sometimes with some believers. You can tell that this thing is not the right thing. And you are still giving money. You are still buying the book. You are still serving in that church. I'm wondering why and how. How can you want to be a Christian and you are doing what is anti-Christianity? I'm not listening. There is a difference between wrong teaching and false teaching. Wrong teaching is that the person is ignorant. For example, you cannot call Apollos a wrong teacher. Why can't you call Apollos a wrong teacher? Because when Aquilius and Priscilla called Apollos aside and expounded the scriptures to him, the Bible says he received the correction. 
So actually, the way to know a wrong teacher from a false teacher is how they receive the correction of God's word. If you tell somebody, showing them scripturally that this thing is right, this thing is right, this thing is right, but this thing you are saying is wrong, this thing you are saying is wrong, this thing you are saying is wrong, the person is false teaching because the person is refusing to repent. It doesn't matter if the person thinks they are doing something justifiable. It was Jesus that said to the Pharisees, Woe unto you, hypocrites. The Pharisees actually thought they were doing the right thing. Because they think they are doing the right thing doesn't mean that it is right and doesn't mean that you should support them or have mercy. Jesus actually said, Woe unto you, Pharisees. He says they are the blind leading the blind. Praise the Lord. And so you must make sure that you are standing for what is right. Take a decision. Listen, make a decision with your life that even if I'm the only one on the Lord's side, I'll be on the Lord's side. If he can die for only me, if I was the only sinner, then I can be the only one to live for him if everybody refuses. You have to get to a place in your conviction about the things of the Spirit. Now, I want to say this to say something. You have to get to a place in conviction that if rapture happens, eh, or you wake up one morning and you realize that everybody has gone, and then you hear maybe some people say it's rapture just took place. Get to that place of conviction about the love of God concerning your life that you tell the person, no, it can't be rapture. If they ask you why, you say, because I'm still here. Get to that kind of place in conviction and get to that kind of place in conviction, not just that, ah, because rapture has happened and I I didn't go, then rapture didn't take place. Also ensure that you get to a place in conviction where you participate in making people ready for that rapture. Don't service religion. Take a decision. Make a decision to not serve. Can you imagine that Jesus was on earth and some people were still going to Gamalia? If you read Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 26, you realize that Paul was actually trained by a scholar mentioned in Acts chapter 5 called Gamalia. Paul actually gloried in the fact that he, and he told you, I think it was the, um, um, Galatian church, that he was saying that, um, no, the, Phili- the church in Philippi, that he was trained by Gamalia. So he actually gloried in the fact that I had a teacher, a scholar of the law called Gamalia. And you can find Gamalia having a conversation in the synagogue in Acts chapter 5. Now imagine that Jesus and Gamalia were actually contemporaries. And Paul left the teachings of Jesus and chose Gamalia. Can you imagine that? No one miracle was recorded that Gamalia did. Jesus was touring the whole Israel, doing miracles, and Paul still chose to be with Gamalia. Religion is such a tragedy. It can blind your eyes to so much reality. Guess what? It was Paul that that lost. It was Paul that was on the losing end. Paul could not make some attestation like Peter. Let me show you something. Somebody should read for us 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. 
I don't want to, I'm using my internet, so I don't want to. First John chapter 1, verse 1. Somebody should read for us. See how John spoke. Yes. Can you, did you hear that? See what he said. He said the word of life, that in the beginning was the word. Did you notice that there was a different, appro- a different approach to how Luke wrote his letter, how Acts was written, how Matthew, John started the introduction, forgot about genealogy. He, he didn't care about Solomon, David. He just went straight to in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He said the same was with God. You see, he had a revelation perspective because he was a witness. So it was Paul that lost. John said, the word of life, he said, this thing I'm preaching to you is a person that I touched. We ate with him. John, imagine the kind of conviction that Peter and John had. This guy died. We saw him dying. He died. They put him in the tomb. We know, and before he died, he told us he would resurrect. We were all eating together. We were all in the boat together. He actually rose. And in Matthew 27, the Bible says, it, now, Matthew 27, the, 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 the evidence of the reality of Matthew 27 is when you read 1 Corinthians 15, verse 6, 5 and 6, the Bible actually said that 500 people witnessed the ascension of Jesus and he appeared to the apostles James, James and then um, to other disciples. So 500 people, Acts chapter 27, Matthew chapter um, Matthew chapter 28 and Acts chapter 1 is the same story. 500 people actually witnessed the ascension of Jesus Christ. Paul told the Corinthian church to go and ask. He said, of which some of them are still alive. So what we are telling you is not story. Let's open our Bibles to <clears throat> um, Acts chapter 5. Verse 30. Acts chapter 5, verse 30. Somebody else should read for us. I, I don't want to open it because I want to stick to what I want to say. Acts chapter 5, verse 30. Glory to God. <clears throat> Are you getting blessed already, somebody? Yes, sir. Acts chapter 5, verse 30. Yes. said we are witnesses of these things in other words these things 
It's not a message for us. It's something that we saw. You see, you have now. Why am I saying all these things? You have to make up your mind that, listen. Number one, Christianity is a minority thing. The Bible already says narrow is the way. You will, we will never be the trend. The Bible says in the last days, men will be pleasure seeking. You see, they will want to do what they want. Is the last? There's not. See, we will do our own part by preaching. But let me tell you something. The Bible already says in the last days, men will be pleasure seeking. They will. They will have the lust of their flesh. They will do what they like. Is you can't change it. It is God that said as it will be. The only thing we can do is to play our own part. The people that the Lord has called, the people that harvest, will go and get them. But you have to make up your mind to be in the minority. Decide that if Jesus will have only 12 disciples, I will be one of them. I won't won't just be among the 70 or among the 120. In fact, I want to be among the three, the inner carcass. If Jesus will have personal guys, I won't be a PA or something. I want to be in the core. And that will mean sacrifice. That will mean staying. You have to make up your mind. If what we are saying is not popular, is it truth? If what we are saying will not bring money, is it truth? Have you ever imagined what it means to preach the gospel in the time when the apostles did preach? It's easy to preach now. Because some, some way, Jesus is the most popular name. So and nobody can even deny they've never heard Jesus before. They might not have heard the gospel, but they must have heard Jesus one way or the other. The apostles preached Jesus when Jesus was called a criminal. They were actually witnessing somebody that was crucified with thieves and were proving to people that that thief on the cross was God. So it was harder. In, and it's so painful that in the hard times, there was even more exploits than now. That is easy. What kind of irony is that? That God was crucified is a stupid story. Okay, tell us about the Jesus. He was born by a virgin. Are you the mother? Are you the father? How do you know? Say, eh. And by the way, all these times, James and Jude, the native brothers of Jesus, were not even Christians. So everything about the Jesus that we're talking about in their time was difficult. But their conviction was for the fact that we are witnesses. A witness is not somebody that you told what happened. (laughs) A witness is somebody that saw it with his own eyes. So you, you could have not convinced Peter that Jesus did not resurrect. See the way John spoke in 1 John chapter 1. He said the word of life that we undoed, ah, he's telling you that this is more than a message to me. This is my life. This is a conviction. It's not, I'm not, it is not an assumption or an opinion. This is a conviction that the word of, ah, karata so previgas, John said the word of life. He said we undo the word. 
can you imagine that? Just imagine what is going on in his mind, how his mind has, has become. He said the word of life that we undo. Imagine you are, you are speaking words. He said, I touch word. Ah, okay. And he was comfortable to write it. Not thinking, would they think I'm lying? He was comfortable to write that the word of life, we undo the word of life. You know what it is to say that God was my friend? <laughs> you Put yourself in the context. That's what he was writing to people. That the almighty God that we have been serving and that our forefathers served, I touched God. And a human being had enough conviction to write that down. Remember, that is the same Holy Ghost. It's the same Holy Ghost. So have a tough skin and a tender heart. Have a tough skin. Endure persecution. It says endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ. Endure persecution. Nobody is asking for your head. They are asking you to stand firm. Stand for the truth. Don't service religion. Don't support religion. Don't give to religion. What you are doing is you are expanding the bondage. You are expanding the pits. And the more you give them the resources, the more you give them the ears, the more they have access to put more people in the bondage. So you have to be deliberate. There's no sentiment in spiritual stuff. I don't know why I'm talking like this this, 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 this evening. There's no sentiment in spiritual stuff. Andrew Head, his teacher, John the Baptist, say that Jesus is the Lamb of God that has come to take away the sins of the world. He heard it the first day, he left it. The second day, he said it again. The Bible says from that moment, Andrew left John the Baptist and started following Jesus. When Andrew came to Jesus, Jesus did not say, why did you leave John? Please, go back to your pastor. I don't want Wala. I don't want John's Wala. Jesus even encouraged Andrew to go and call more people. There's no sentiment in spiritual stuff. And in John 3, you can see the conversation of John the Baptist. He says he must increase, I must decrease. Praise God. All right. So stand for the truth. Have a tough skin. It says our suffering, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it worked for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. You are a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. Glory in it. Rejoice. Rejoice in the fact that you are worthy to be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. You mean that I can be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ? So the sufferings of Christ can be my portion. It means his glory is also my portion. The evidence that I am part of the team is that they can identify me with the team. If the team has problem and I don't have problem, it means I'm not a member. If they are attacking the body of Christ and you don't feel threatened, you are not part of us. 
and I want to say this now. I want you to keep this. Amilua, pay attention to what I want to say now. If you say lies so much, lies will become truth. And let me tell you this. When lies become an institution, truth sayers become rebels. Never forget what I just said. When lies become an institution, truth sayers are seen as rebels. I didn't read this in a, in a book. I saw it in scriptures. The apostles were rebels because they were fighting an institution of lies. In other words, truth sayers now became like deceivers. Can you imagine? When the devil has been able to manipulate the system in such a way that the right people are now the wrong people. Imagine you were a child and your daddy was the governor. Will you want to, and Paul was before the, your dad for judgment, and you heard the conversation of, of, of Paul. If, you were, if your dad was the governor, do you think with the conversation that is going on in the court and in the house, don't you think you would think that Paul is a foolish man trying to disturb your daddy's government? When lies become an institution, truth says, as seen as rebels. Endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ. Stand for your conviction. Don't run in the time of adversity. Don't shake. Don't shake. Sometimes your convictions will be tested. Maybe you believe in Jesus. You believe in the gospel of grace. You believe that the finished works of Christ is finished, Abby. Let's see. Don't be a demas. Praise God. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. So there must be the agreement. You know what he's saying now? It looks like uh, that means Jesus came. mm mm what he's talking about is actually the resurrection. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. In other words, he's saying every spirit or any message that agrees that Jesus died as a man, resurrected as a man with the power of God and ascended to God, offering the perfect sacrifice of our salvation as a man. That is the hope. That is the message. Praise the Lord. That men are now co-heirs. That a man is now a partaker in the divine nature. This is the gospel. It's not to, you see, if you preach the Old Testament without revealing Jesus, you told us a story of a human being. 
a biography. You didn't teach us the word. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You cannot go to the Old Testament and just go and, you know, some people do that thing. You go to the Old Testament, you just go and draw moral lessons. Eh, 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 eh. That's not that's not what we are talking about. We are talking about spirit and life. You must reveal Christ. Revelation in scriptures is showing Jesus from scriptures. I don't know why I'm going this direction tonight. And every spirit that confessed not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. So understand this. This is a fight. This is Antichrist. It's a fight. This is not a normal thing. It's not Bible. We are not talking about Bible study argument. We are talking about a spiritual force. Anti the revelation of God's word. Anti the truth of God's word. So you must understand that you listening to the word of God, learning the word of God is already part of a battle. You are partaking in a warfare. You sticking to the truth of God's word is you winning a battle. You, you being persecuted is you fighting a battle. It's not, it's not about you. You, you, are, you are showing that you are winning. This is warfare right here. Wherefore, you have heard that it should come, and now already is, it is, it is in the world. It says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. You know, some people want to use this scripture to say, I've overcome all things. He was talking about wrong teaching. <laughs> Context. The them that he's talking about is false teachers. So you have to overcome. Do you understand this thing? You, you have to remain in that victory place. See, it says you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So what is he saying? What is, what is, what is Paul trying to bring, um, John trying to bring to our consciousness? Apostle John is saying that you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's saying, the true, the true word of life talks about what God is doing on your inside or what he has done on your inside. Listen to this. I want you to write this down. The work of Jesus is within you, not around you. You are the one to bring the work of Jesus within you, around you. This is why some people are frustrated. Oh. You don't need money, Jesus, to have money. But you can transfer the authority, the advantage within you to take ideas, to have ideas, spiritual intelligence that you can translate into finances. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a greater within you. So the message of the New Testament is an exploration of the works of Jesus in the believer. That would mean presenting Jesus as an escape from hell is not the gospel. Presenting Jesus as an escape from poverty is not the gospel. Presenting Jesus 
as a means to get the favor of God is not the gospel. Presenting Jesus inside the believer is the gospel. That's the gospel. Not the hand of God is coming for me. Eh -eh. The hand of God is being at work through me. That's what the gospel is. You must stand for that. Now, let me tell you something. There are so many paradoxes in the statements of the apostles. You think about it and you look at them. If you are not spiritually intelligent, you think they are foolish people that have been brainwashed. You are talking about reigning in life and you are dying on a cross upside down. You are talking about having all things that pertain unto life and godliness, yet you have little and you say you are possessing all. The same letter where Paul is glorying that I have all things is the same letter that he's saying I have lent to abyss, whether in little or in plenty. It sounds like he's confused. He's not confused. He has realized that the revelation of God's word overrides my experience. Listen, Lord Jesus, help us, help us, help us. Everything that looks real and that you cannot find in the word of God, train your mind to understand that it's an illusion. It's not real. Ananias was sick for eight years. Peter came into that room and said, Ananias, know ye not that Christ Jesus makes thee well? He says, rise up and make thy bed. The Bible says immediately he rose up and made his bed. The reality was that he was sick for eight years, but it was a lie. He was well 2,000 years ago, or at least eight years ago when Jesus died. Ensure that the revelation of God's word is what determines your experience. Don't let experiences give you a theology. I'm dying of sickness. I cannot preach about the healing power of God. It's a lie. Preach about it more so you can experience it. It is revelation before experience. Before the apostles realized that Jesus was really the son of God, Peter already got the revelation in Matthew 16. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In Matthew 17, at the transfiguration, the Bible says, and the voice of the, the word of the Lord came, saying, behold, my son, in whom I am well pleased. Revelation, then they experience their revelation. It is not experience and revelation. It is revelation and experience. I don't have money. How can I teach that God can bless? You are wrong. That's why you should teach that God can bless. It is revelation that should determine reality. Don't bend. Don't bend. Don't give in. Don't bend. There's somebody that is listening to me this night. You have, you have left God out of your business. You, let's just leave God outside. Let's just, God is just for my soul. Don't bend. Don't bend. 
There is a blessing of God that maketh rich and added no sorrow. It's in your Bible. The word of God is here and amen. Don't bend. Don't give in. Don't stop trusting. God will undo everything that pertains unto my life. But you see my business. Let me just do it outside. Don't bend. Don't bend. You have debts to pay. Can God be really interested in debts? Ah, after all, I didn't ask him. <laughs> this is why you need a savior. Do you understand? Listen, if God will leave you when everything is messy, what makes him different from your normal guy? Don't bend. Don't think he's not interested. Don't bend. Family is going haywire. Things are not right. Don't bend. Stick to the fact that mm-mm, Christ is the head of the church, is the head of the family. Don't bend. Don't let experiences. If you wake up and you don't find money in your pockets, truth tells you in your spirit that you are rich. Rejoice. Look for what to buy or give somebody money. Make sure you walk in that revelation. Don't bend. David. David. Don't bend. Did you hear me? Don't bend. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, there is no fear in love. First John 4, verse 18. He says, but perfect love drives out fear. So the revelation of God's love, you don't need to say, hey, fear, leave me. Fear, leave me. Fear, leave me. In the name of Jesus. You don't pay, pray fear out. Fear is like darkness. When light comes, it will go. You seek you seek for lights. Shakalagada. Fear. Out of my life. Out of my life. In fact, you are entrunning it more because you are telling your mind that is there. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. So, listen. How can I have revelation? What is perfect love? Perfect love is to understand that God's love is so good that it can never be bad. You cannot over-exaggerate the goodness of God. Somebody that called himself good, you don't know the meaning of good. God doesn't do good. He is good. What else can be gooder than coming to die for your own enemies, dying for people that do not care about you? That's good. So never you think that the love of God is an exaggeration. That is the only thing that cannot be over-exaggerated because we know that God, whatever God does, he does overboard. <laughs> you remember we said yesterday, I know, the thoughts, um, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, the thoughts of good and not of evil. That scripture is fulfilled. Jesus is the thoughts of good and not evil. He's the, he's the logos that has been um, made flesh. So that, that scripture is fulfilled. God is not thinking something good for you. Mm-mm. He has taught something good for you in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. 
And then we said yesterday, I think um, Ephesians 3 verse 20, um, um, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. That's the way God is. So if God can do exceedingly abundantly above, that means God's love is exceedingly abundantly above. So the love of God is not an over is not an over exaggeration. It's not hyperbolic. We are not being hyperbolic. No, we are saying realities. Conclude in your mind that God cannot be after my downfall. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Conclude in your mind that God is too responsible to be disinterested in an area of my life. Involve God in picking a hairstyle. That's how you start. You start from small, small things. Involve God in making a decision if you want to go and meet this person or not. Involve God in what you want to eat. Start from there. Start from there. Let this father be a friend. Involve God in buying clothes. Remember that you are his house. Holy Ghost, do you like these clothes? It, it sounds weird, but this is how to understand that God's love for you is perfect. Engage him to see that you can trust him. It says, one thing I've seen the Lord ask, my son, give me thine heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Kai, he says, that the meaning is, give me your heart, hand over your heart to, to me and watch how I will manage it. When God is the general manager of your life, how can your life's business be bad? Trust him. Practice trusting the Lord. That's what we are saying tonight. It says, because fear has to do with punishment. Remove it from your mind. God will punish me. Ah, I'm not doing this thing. Uh, God told me to do something. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like this. My, my peace is gone. God took his peace away from me. Uh-uh. Now, wow. The same Jesus that said, my peace, I live with you. He gave you his peace, handed it over to you. If he gave you, that means peace is now yours. It's either you threw it away or you kept it and you are not using it. But that he collected it? No, he handed it over to you. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. In other words, what I give, I can't collect back. God did not collect access to his presence from the devil. He's that faithful that the devil still has access to see God. The Bible says when the sons of God were presenting themselves, the, the devil also came. If God is that faithful to Satan, how much more to you? Amen. Amen. Because fear has to do with punishment. So stop thinking bad you see, some people, eh, when they say, ah, you look good today, you say, ah, Mike, stop whining me. But if they say you look bad, then you take it serious. As simple as that thing is, it's telling you that there's something wrong with the way you're thinking. 
Ah, David is so anointed. Ah, me care. I'm not anointed. Who told you that? Tell them thank you. It's the Lord's doing. Start correcting your mind that God, hey, hallelujah, that God, John 17, verse 22, John 17, verse 22. Let's quickly check that. I can't open it as well. John 17, verse 22. Wait first. Let me even see if I can read it myself. John 17, verse 22. Just give me a second. I want to read it myself. John 17, 22. Mm. Hallelujah. This is one of the scriptures I just I just read sometimes. And you know, I just want to enjoy myself. John 17, verse 22 to 23. It says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. You are the Lord, that is your name. You will never share your glory with... Eh, eh. The Lord can share his glory with lords, but he cannot share his glory with men. Do you understand what I just said? He has made us lords, so lords can partake in the glory of the Lord. Hey, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Can you imagine this? You have the glory... That was given to Jesus. I have given them. I have handed it over to them. The glory that you give me. We are partakers of the glory of God. Ooh, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. Ah. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. Please, you see that 23 blows my mind. It says that God, Jesus loves us with the revelation, with the reality, with the truth, with the tangible understanding not from us now, but the understanding that Jesus has concerning the love of God. Jesus says, that full epignosis, that full knowledge of your love that I know you have towards me, that can make me die and trust that you will raise me back to life. He says, that revelation, that understanding of that love, it is that same love I have towards them. So Jesus is not talking about what he doesn't know. He's talking about a love he has experienced. He says, I'm giving them that kind of love. That kind of love that can make you raise me up as righteous, even if I died as sin. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying tonight? That love that can raise me up and call me blessed, call me holy, call me acceptable, even though the last thing I did was sin. The love that Kasura Basia. The love that puts my sin in the sea of forgetfulness. You know what a sea is? When God now puts your sins in the sea of forgetfulness, that no way it can be remembered. Jesus says that's the kind of love I have towards them. 
the psalmist said, even though I make my bed, am I dwelling in hell? He says, you will be with me. Ah, can you imagine that? That somebody said, even if I'm in hell, I know that you love me too much to not be with me in hell. This is a human being's cogitation. And it should be yours too, Aramide. Praise the Lord. Now let's, let, now let's take some notes. People are afraid of illusions or the unknown. You can only fear what your mind creates to be scary. Praise the Lord. You are afraid of what you think. You are afraid of what you think you cannot undo. That's why. That's why you're afraid. You think it's too big for you. You think you cannot undo it. There is a greater in you, Joseph. That Lagos is too small for you to dominate. Yeah, come on. The reason why you are afraid is because you think you can't undo it. If I can't undo it, I'm not one. I'm in someone. Do you understand this? Woo. Ah. Hallelujah. I can feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm not one. I'm in someone. So it's not about what I can undo. It's about what he can undo through me. After all, I'm not, I'm not an owner. I'm just a possessor. I steward his, his belongings. If the earth is the Lord's and his fullness thereof, the planets belong to God, then earth is too small for me to dominate. Hey. If you know that you can undo something, you will not fear. I gave an example yesterday. You are afraid to enter an exam, exam room. By the time you see the questions, you, you see that uh-uh, you can undo the questions. The fear vanishes. Don't see yourself handling it. See God handling it through you. It's more than a message. Oh. This thing I said now is so easy. But you have to think about it. Give me this message I'm recording. I want you to listen to this message over. You can listen to it 365 days this year. Keep listening to it. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he can do through me. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he can do through me. So I might not be able to dominate. Okay. Ah, even if I think I can't. Ah, he's in me to do it. He's the one in me to will and do for his good pleasure. Ha. Ah, I would love to glorify Jesus, but I can't do it in the flesh. But the Holy Ghost, his ministry is to glorify Jesus. So he wants to glorify Jesus even more than I want to. So if I yield to him, then that means all my days I will be glorifying Jesus. Let this be your cogitation. Praise the Lord. Fear is a product of an imagination that can hurt without the ability or capacity to handle it. I just expanded the last point. Now, we've, we've spoken about fear so much, so let's talk about faith. Faith is built from the, know, from the knowledge of God's word. Now, I want you to write it. Faith is built from the knowledge of God's word. Faith is built from the knowledge of God's word and seeing the word of God as your destiny 
This is how to have faith, though. I'm giving you a cheat code. It's built from the knowledge of God's word, knowing God's word. Faith is built from knowing God's word and seeing the word of God as your destiny. Destiny there means destination. Seeing God's word as your destiny. Seeing God's word as your map. Seeing God's word as your reality. So you are not in the unknown. You know how your life will be because you can see your life in the word of God. My life is the word of God. Say that with me. So I have nothing to fear. I know how it will end. The Bible says it will end in praise. So I have nothing to fear. My life is the word of God. This is how to have faith. If you know that it will end in praise, you understand that from the word of God. It is easy to have faith. You can't do it. I can. I can. Because I know everything ends in praise for me. See the word of God as your destiny, your destination. The word of God is my map. The word of God is revealing me to me. See the word of God like that. See Jesus. See you as Jesus in God's word. The word of God is my destiny. The word of God is my map. The word of God shows me my future. So I know my future. I know my tomorrow. I can trust God because I've seen my tomorrow in the word of God. I don't have an issue trusting the Lord because I can see my life. It will end in praise. I might be in the prison of my life right now, but guess what? Potiphar's house was not the best thing that happened to me. Being in charge of somebody's things is not the best thing. God will give me my own things. I'm going to the palace. This prison is a passage. God is orchestrating things in this prison to get me to the palace. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. And then we'll close here. Mark chapter 4, tomorrow we'll continue. Tomorrow is the last day. Have you been blessed so far? Mark chapter 4, verse 39. We'll read 39 and we'll read 40. Then we'll close for today. Tomorrow we'll finish up. Mark 4, 39 to 40. Mark 4, 39 to 40. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you not have any faith? Now, let me say this to you. Let me give you a cheat code to faith. Why did Jesus say, don't you have any faith? Remember, Romans 10 verse 17, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When Jesus says, don't you have any faith? 
Actually, Jesus was saying, don't you know any word? <laughs> don't you know Bible? That's what Jesus was saying. Don't you know the scriptures? Now, why can Jesus quiet the storm? Psalm 107 verse 28. Let's go there. Psalm 107 verse 28. We'll read 28, we'll read 29. Are you there? Are you there? Psalm 107, 28, 29. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. So you can see, 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 see. Look at this. Those people in the boats that were about to die from storm, their problem was lack of faith. And the issue why they had lack of faith was because they had lacked the word. Psalm 107 verse 28. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. Verse 29. And he maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Ah. Do you understand why I read this scripture to you? Why I read it with Mark 4, 39 to 40, and I read Psalm 107. They should have known that if they cried unto the Lord in their distress, he would have brought them out, and that the storm would be calm if they had known the scriptures, if they had believed Psalms as the word of God. So the reason why there was no faith in them was because they did not know scriptures. Yeah. Once they, you have access to God's word, that's why the word of God is coming to you tonight in this manner. God wants you to get your faith working. If the word of God says I can have it, then I have it. If the word of God says I can do it, then I can do it. If God's word says take, possess the land, then it's mine. God brought Abraham to a land. It was called Canaan. And God told Abraham, he said, this land you are a visitor, but this land belongs to you. Uh Uh-uh. 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 How can God tell a visitor that this is your house? But I just came here, I'm a visitor. People not staying here. God said, mm-mm, mm-mm. Come, Abraham, look at the stars. Please start counting. Abraham started counting. One, two, three, four, five. He, he said, ah, oh God, I can't count. God said, okay, go back to bed. The next day, God called him out. Abraham, come. Now, lift up your eyes. As far as you can see, why did, why did God make him count the stars first? God trained him on how to see. God trained him to see that even though you can see things individually, ensure that you see them as uncountable. So when God said count the stars and he couldn't count the stars, God was using that as a preparation for what he wanted to do the next day. God now said, oh yeah, come outside. As far as you can see... If God did not train Abraham to see that the stars are countless, when God said, as far as you can see, he would have thought God was saying, any land you can see. So, what your eyes can see. But God had taught him to count countlessly. Do you understand this? So, when God said, as far as you can see, he saw it from the perspective of the stars. In other words... God actually willed the earth to Abraham. Imagine God gave the sea of O 
of the earth and handed it over to Abraham. Don't see, don't you know that Abraham is the only person that God gave his son name? His name was Abraham. God put I am with it. Hey. Kalabaraba Shakata. God added I am to Abraham to tell him that we are now family. And God handed over the earth to him. Ooh, glory to God. Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Greater than Abraham is in you. Abraham was giving the land. Uh-uh. The person that is in you was the one that gave Abraham the land. You have this thing. You have this thing. It's yours. It's yours. If the word of God says you can have it, you can have it. It says, acts of me, the nations, the eighteens, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. It is our own. We can get it. If the Bible says healing is yours, healing is yours. If the Bible says prosperity is yours, prosperity is yours. If the Bible says you are saved and eternally secured for life, it is yours. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It is mine. It is mine. It is mine. The world is mine. It is mine. The earth is mine. I have all things. It is mine. Blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Oh, It is mine. I have it. I have it. I have it. Raso katema. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Rusko fera tashaka pala. America is too small. Nigeria is too small. Africa is too small. Our impact as a people is felt even in hell. Lift your voice, lift your voice, begin to pray right now. Begin to pray. Pray for that business. Pray for that career. Begin to pray right now. Pray for that ministry. In the name of Jesus, please make sure you see, see the nations. Mando Mando Sopragasha. Unilag is too small. That 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 school is too small for me. It's too small for me. Mashagara. How much more when we are in a company? Raso Krakakoshakarata Sakaba. He Pradashi Bragado Shambradeshi. He Prado Shakragedo Shelebande. Rotosalabandash. This is the generation that seeks it. Maradaba Shagarada Masungra, Mambragosco Pereno Shivredusco, Mecradoso Frebedo Palabara, Resocrate Shalabandi, Manda Garondo Sapradeshi, Mande Gosco Barando Sharabrandus, Mebrogosque Borano Moshabrahene, Madagosa Paradashi, Mandraga Socata. If God says his mind is mine, Migrano Sofale Grakecos Kepe. Lembre ia mandragosco felande kragashi karana magaske pa raka kata 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 rato soprakasakata mando shi pradasha says mine says mine is mine what God says is mine is mine I choose to believe the word of God I choose.